We are starting a new series called Airplane Mode. And if you are familiar with airplane mode, you probably should be, uh, if, if you're not. Anytime you take a flight, you have to, when you get on the airplane, at a certain point, it's like, bing, at this time, turn off all cellular devices. And some people dread this. This is my favorite time of a flight. That means all the annoying people talking on their phones around me can't do it anymore. Right? It's going to be a lot quieter on that airplane. Uh, but it's also, it's kind of a stressful time. What, what happens if, you know, I can't get a hold of my kids? I can't do all these things. I can't, I can't be in constant contact with everybody around me. I have to unplug. I have to turn it off. I have to say no to something, to the distractions of the world. I have to hit that button, airplane mode, right? Now, and I, I hit that button, and that means people can't get in contact with me. I can't be overwhelmed by all the things and all the distractions of the world. I can't get all my texts. I can't get my phone calls. I can't uh, for a little bit until you pay the $5 from Southwest or whatever it is to get internet for that flight. You, you can't even get be bothered by emails or check Facebook. I know your life can go on if you're not on Facebook for five minutes. And that all happens in airplane mode. And so when we were talking about this, this actually came from a brainstorm. This whole series came from a brainstorming set, series uh, that the student ministry did with Kevin. I think uh, Paul Graff gets the credit for today's message because he said, you know, the tagline should really be unplug to plug in. And it's this idea of disconnecting so that we can actually truly hear what God has to say for us. We, we have all these things and all these distractions and all these all these things needing our attention or demanding our attention or just distracting us. Maybe they don't really need our attention, like our fantasy football team, but they get it, right? They get our distraction. And what all that does is just, it, all of that pulls energy from us. It might be a small amount of energy, but it just, it pulls from us. And then when we shut all that off, we can actually recharge in a functional manner. We can recharge and, and be invigorated. And this really, at its heart, is kind of what, what prayer is. We have to unplug from all the distractions of the world, plug into God so that we can truly be prepared for this life, to hear from Him and what's going on. So the rest of this series is really going to be around this idea of unplugging to plug in. We're going to walk you through how to pray, when to pray, how to have thankfulness in prayer, how to pray for other people. That's what all this series is going to be about, really nuts and bolts about prayer, because I think if we live this Christian life, and I have a feeling I fall in trap into it, and I, I know you do as well, that when we just come to church, we just sing songs of worship, or we just, we've experienced God's, maybe even his redemption in our life, all we've really done is started on this, this little bitty kind of world. It's basically, if we're going to stay with this transportation theme, it's like we have a driver's license. We can drive most anywhere. It might take a lot of time. It might take some effort. We have to, you know, you, know, you got to go through all the pain of driving. We, just, we have a car. But when you start praying, it's like stepping onto an airplane. You can go anywhere, anytime, and be there in just a matter of minutes. It opens up the possibilities of your Christian walk. Does that make sense? Prayer is, we, we have, we've put our Christian life in this little bitty, little bitty geographical almost feeling. Like, oh, this is it. This is what it is. Prayer explodes that so that we can go anywhere in our prayer life. So that's what we're going to kind of explore today. <clears throat> I know we have many different 
traditions represented in this church today. I, I think probably more about 85% of you uh, were Catholic at some point in your life. Uh, you might, uh, we're talking, goofing around with Yvonne, and she's like, yep, we do Christmas Eve service here at the church, but then I got to keep my kids up to midnight to do midnight mass on Christmas. Many of you do, do the same thing. Um, you will never hear me say anything disparaging about, <clears throat> about the Catholic faith uh, from, from the pulpit. Today, I'm just going to say one small thing that could be um, construed that way. I hope that that's not my heart in any way, shape, or form, all right? But I want to talk about prayer. I want to be crystal clear about it. You do not need an intermediary. You don't have to pray to anybody else. You get to pray right to God. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Where that came from was the idea of um, early Christians really understood this idea of uh, courting a king and the sovereignty of God. And they knew they were not good enough to actually talk to the king of their earthly king. There was no way they're going to talk to Caesar. There's no way they're going to talk to the king of England. That was never going to happen. I had to know somebody who knew the king, right? It's like a politic thing. And so that kind of theologically came down. It made sense. I'm not good enough to talk to God. I got to have somebody in between, so I'll talk to a saint or whatnot. That's what that came from. Um, and that's why, we, uh, why the tradition of writing out prayers and only praying certain things is, I, I can't do this by myself. It's really out of this beautiful heart of humility. It's out of this beautiful heart of, of I'm not good enough to do this. Um, and I think that's the right mentality to take to prayer. I'm not good enough to speak to God, but he loves me anyway. I'm not good enough for this. He has no reason to listen to the garbage that comes out of my mouth, but he loves me anyway. And so I want to really cement into you today is it doesn't matter. As Jimmy was saying, sometimes your prayers look like this. And because of God's extravagant, amazing love, he will hear that and he knows exactly what you mean. Right? It's just like the two-year-old that wants you to fix it. Now my kids can say, just daddy fix. Right? That's what they would say. And I... Try to put some. I call Paul. How do I fix this? <laughs> right? That's, that's what happens. happens this is daddy fix. And sometimes our prayers become really kind of revolved around that. Daddy fix. Daddy, daddy, daddy. Right? They can be joyful. They can be in pain. And daddy fix. As we enter this idea of praying, I really want to kind of center on how do we pray? When do we pray? <clears throat> the scripture is pretty clear about when do we pray. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this. <clears throat> rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. New Living, uh, Living Translation says, never stop praying. It's this attitude of bringing your heart and your life and your mentality to God all of the time. Luke 18.1 says this, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should pr- always pray and never give up, that we always are praying. How do we do this? How do we achieve this? We have to shift our mindset about the opening, the possibilities that God has for us through prayer. This week was a week for the household. It was a week. You've had a week before. You know what I'm saying? It was a week. Um, Like things went south. And so Thursday, I'm trying to write a message and usually I write my message on Monday or Tuesday. And then whatever I wrote about, uh, God says, do you really want to talk about that? Because you're going to experience it on Thursday or Friday. 
If I talk about parenting, if I talk about marriage, I talk about anything like that, it's like, oh yeah, this is how you communicate in marriage. I'll say that on Monday. On Friday, what's going on? So on Thursday, all kinds of stuff going on, and I'm just not in a good place, and I'm trying to write a message and finish it out, and it's just like, Bleh. and you may be thinking about this. That yeah, didn't get any better, Jared. <laughs> And so I came in here, and I cranked up the music, and I was just worshiping in here. Because this is kind of like my own airplane mode. I left my cell phone in there. Didn't really, no one's going to bother me. Um, what's going on? And I see Jared in the sanctuary, like, leave him alone. It is not good. Uh, he's either cleaning or praying, and we don't want to talk to him in either one of them. And I'm in here in, in the sanctuary, and I'm just praying and worshiping to God. And I'm only in here for probably half an hour. And the start of that, that, that prayer is a really whiny prayer. You know the type of prayer, right? No, he's going right. And God's fine with that. As a dad, it's okay when I hear my kid get a scratch boo-boo and stuff. Sometimes I get annoyed, like, yeah, if you weren't trying to ride the dog as a horse, you wouldn't have got a scratch. And I feel God sometimes has the same feeling with us. Like, yeah, mm-hmm, okay, here's a Band-Aid, right? It's the same kind of feeling, but... I'm whining to God about all kinds of different things. And then finally, about 15, 20 minutes into this this thing, I start to feel peace and start to slow down enough to just come in contact with God and start, okay, God, I'm just going to really, instead of, I'm whining because I don't have control over the situation. But if you have control of the situation, then I don't have to worry about it anymore. And as I start to let go of those things, I can start to feel the peace of God reign in my life. And this is only through, if you don't pray, that doesn't happen, okay? If you do not pray, that part of the whole Christian experience does not happen. That's one of the reasons it's so, so important. But as I started to give that away to God, I gave control over to God. And if you know me well, you know that I like control. It's one of my favorite things. And so giving control over to God is a hard exercise. I walked out of this room. On my way back to the office, Paul Graff sitting there working on um, a security light. I get a phone call. Mom says, well, I went to the doctor. He's meeting me at the hospital to do emergency hand surgery immediately. And what I took from that, when I calmed down, we dealt with the the emergency hand surgery, which is a pretty big deal. She's coming home from the hospital today. Praise God. Um, But it's the same kind of surgery that almost killed her when I was five. Okay, so for me and my dad, the Rolaids were a plenty this week. Um, it was a small thing that can become a big thing, and it stayed a small thing, thankfully, for the fast acting of uh, her doctors uh, this week. We don't know. We might be back there next week having the same surgery again. This is what we did when I we did it thirteen times in one year. Um, so we will see. <laughs> right? I say that to tell you this part of it, because this is what God was kind of like showing me through this experience this week. Prayer didn't protect me from bad stuff happening. It wasn't the cure-all like, oh, I prayed, and now nothing bad's going to happen. Because I have a feeling sometimes we come to prayer, we pray, we're like, what? My God thing must be broken. Right? I prayed that I wouldn't get the speeding ticket, even though I was going 90 miles per hour. Come on! God does not love me anymore. Right? This whole thing, I'm I'm never going to church anymore. You laugh, we do that. Praying did not protect us from bad stuff happening. Prayer prepared me to deal with hard things. 
because of the peace that I was chasing here. Half an hour earlier, I would have I probably lost it. I would have lost it in my, in my office. I'd just been like, mm, this is not good. Throwing a little temper tantrum, had a little you know, fun time with myself. Tried not to throw anything at Kevin. It would have been good. It just would have been too much. You know that, that moment. You guys know that moment in life when you're like, just one more thing, and it's like, I'm, I'm done. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know how to deal. But because I was seeking after God in, in concerted prayer and saying, God, I, and I'd already given control of the other issues, it was much easier to give control over that issue. Does that make sense? Are you hearing me on this? This is a big, big deal in prayer. Because either God is Lord of the universe and he's big enough to deal with your stuff, or he's not. The problem happens when we start treating God as our butler instead of as creator and sovereign of the universe. And as Americans, it's really easy. This is one of the great spiritual battles that Americans deal with. We love democracy. We love the fact that we can post on a forum or post in any way and say, you're stupid and you can't do anything about it. That's not the way God works, right? It's it's a bigger deal than that. We don't get a say. We don't get to vote whether or not God's God. He already won that election, and he's pretty good. going to hold on to that seat. And so as I just, this really kind of nailed me this week. As I was thinking about it on Friday and, and Saturday, it's just processing that. I was like, God, I was just praying. Just, I mean, I just got, I hung up the phone with you, God. And this came on, and it's like, I, he didn't protect me from the bad stuff. He prepared my heart for the bad stuff. I hope you can hear that today. I hope you can, can incorporate that because this is one of the major questions we have about faith. And I talk to people all the time where I talk to spouses who talk about their spouses about faith and they're just they're hurting about it. And the reaction is God must be broken because of the X happened. When we don't participate in prayer, we don't prepare our hearts and we, we don't prepare our minds to deal with this stuff. Because life, it gets messy and it is hard. Prayer is the gift that God gives us to get through these things. Prayer is about connectedness with God. What are your roadblocks? What keeps you from praying? If it's, I don't know how to pray, let me, let me be perfectly clear with you. When you say, I don't know how to pray, it's, it's as easy as this. Just be yourself. The God of the universe loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross so that you could have relationship with him. I mean, think about that for a second. You don't have to put on fancy words or put, a, you know, Theeth thou with Godeth or thoweth. You don't have to do that. He's like, what you th- who is this guy? You ever around somebody and you get around a different group of people and they become, they start acting totally different. And you're like, what is going on? I know the teenagers are like, yeah, all my high school friends, they do that. Yeah, it doesn't change when they get to be adults. It's, it's one of these things. Like, you don't even like the bears. Why are you talking about Cutler as he's your best friend? I don't know. That person's a liar, but that's okay. You deal with it, and you go with it, and, you, and, and, and you, when you're in prayer, you have to have this mentality of, of humbling yourself before God. As I... I was talking about prayer and thinking about this one, stepping into relationship with him. How do we do that? You be yourself. 
It's a moment of saying, okay, God, I I don't have control. I don't have to put on a false face because you know me anyway. And God loves it when we just finally take away the walls and take away the facades and take away the junk that we've put up that we show our coworkers or even our family. Just say, God, this is me. This is my heart. Be real. We need to pray to do a few things. Prayer has a purpose. We pray with purpose. The purpose is not to get something out of God. The purpose is to connect with God. I think often that we pray with the wrong purposes in mind. I got to pray. I got to put my slot machine. Will they be healed today? Will I get a raise? Will this happen? Right? I do it. But the purpose is not to get something from God. The purpose is to be and to connect with God. We pray to prepare. As I talked a little bit earlier, we pray to prepare. When we are praying in a preparation type mindset, we, when bad things and roadblocks happen and, and things, they still, life still stinks, right? Am I happy my mom went through that today? No, I'm not happy about that. It still stinks. But our heart's in a, a place of preparation that we can deal with it. We don't automatically, because we have a relationship with God, we don't automatically go to blaming God. Because if I don't have a prayer relationship with God, blaming God's real easy. I haven't talked to him in a long time. It's real easy to blame people that you don't talk to. Pray with passion. Pray with passion. God wants to know the real heart behind it. I love, we have a, a, a prayer meeting that happens here on Thursday morning at 930. And the whole intention of this prayer meeting is to pray for our service on Sunday morning and to pray for me. Yeah, it's real easy for me to like it. It's pray for me. But uh, just the heart behind it. It's not a let's come with our laundry list to God. Let's not come to to pray for for all the different things. We don't even pray for the prayer requests that the the church sends out on on the prayer list at that time. We do that at different times. But we concernedly, passionately pray for the service. Because we believe in what God wants to do here. And that moment, that time, that half an hour, hour of our time just brings me such joy because it's of a group of people that just said, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray passionately. And there's times in which we're just, we're crying out to God and there's tears coming from grown men because of the passion that is being expressed in that time. And I love that moment where it's this realness of it. And that's not something that has to be put on or done. It comes out of a, a realness with God that we pray with passion. Finally, one that we probably miss out a lot is to pray for pleasure. That we do this because we enjoy the company of God. That's a whole other level of kind of praying. That I enjoy sitting down and having a good conversation with an old friend. And I love it when we, like, Jimmy and I can basically, we know each other's stories enough. We can just be like, oh, story 116. (laughs) Right? We know each other enough. We could have it numbered, and it really would speed up the storytelling process. We'd have a lot more time in our days. (laughs) 
But when we pray and we have shared experiences with God, when we know that he has walked us through this and we've walked through that and we've been through this together, it's like, God, thank you for being there. That it is a pleasure. That it, it is transformed from being a prayer of a, God, I'm, I'm a whiny prayer to a God of, uh, in a prayer of relationship. Do you see the change in that? We can't, you can do that. This doesn't mean that you have to pray for eight hours a day and that you have to, you know, wear out all the knees on your pants. This is not, I'm not, these are 15, 10 minute prayers by making it a priority in our lives. And I'm telling you right now, maybe you've never experienced a lifestyle of prayer. Maybe you've never stepped into airplane mode before. You've never been able to say, you know what? I'm turning off the distractions of the world and plugging into God. I've never done that before. And I'm kind of scared about it. This is what it'll do to your Christianity. It'll take it from a little box, just like where you can go on a tank of gas, to exploding it to like you're on an airplane. And for me and for my faith, for my relationship with God, that's what I want. I don't want a little bitty faith. I don't want a little bit of stuff. I want big. I want to experience everything that the God of this universe, God of creation is on display right now. He's got his own little firework display going on right now. That's just absolutely gorgeous, right? We get, to, we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of, of, of all that God has for us and in, in the, the creation of that. I love going out. I got to rake leaves yesterday. Re- I got to, got to, got to was the word I got used there. Really, what happened was my neighbor was raking his leaves into my yard. And I was like, well, I better pick those up before I get everybody's leaves into my yard. This is not a neighborhood receptacle. Um, and so I was going out there, trying to be pleasant, and started raking leaves. Thing is, I have a 16-week-old week old puppy. A pile of leaves is like Disney World. <laughs> for a six, and then I have two six-year-old kids. So this was absolutely, it turned out from being a, to being beautiful. The same thing can happen in our prayers. And so when we start to engage God into the beauty of who he is and all that he has for us, we take this chore of, I'm taking out, I'm, I'm coming to you, God, I've got to do this today. I'm coming to you, and I'm going to bring you this laundry list. And then there's some moment in there. If we are open to God's creation, we're open to what God has for us, we're open to the redemption of God, and we say, God, here is my heart. And in that moment, it goes from being a, ugh, to, oh, my goodness, this is the highlight of my day. We've got to step into prayer. Prayer is not for professionals. It's not like Jared, Jared's got that. Prayer is not for professionals. It's not for eloquent people. You can grunt and groan through it, and it's totally acceptable and pleasing to the, to the heartbeat of God. He understands that. He's not bound by the English language. Right? He created our vocal cords. He created our brains. He knows what we were thinking. Just take it to him. Psalm 103, 8 through 13 says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are, the earth are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far is uh, removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Prayer connects you with the love of God. 
As I was thinking about this today, I was playing this game with Colton Hibbler last week. This is so much fun, right? You've played this with any toddler, probably. It's like, how big is Colton? So big! Right? And it's the greatest game ever. How, how, how big is Colton? So big! Apparently, you guys have not played that game. You look, like, you look at me really weird. Um, you should. It could be awesome. Uh, what does Psalm say there? As far as the east is from the west. How big is God's love for you? So big. Right? How big is God's love for you? So big. Thank you. There you go. Now you're picking up on this. Man. All right. So big. As far as the east is from the west. Because in God's eyes, we're that baby. We're that toddler. We're that little one that he loves so passionately that there is nothing he would stop at to be able to hold us, to be able to have a relationship with us, to be able to call us his child. That is what it is, that when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we get adopted into the family of God. Instead of becoming a slave, instead of being a servant, instead of being an outsider, we are now a full co-heir, a full baby child of God. And how, lo- how big is his love for us? It's so big. That's what we get. That's what part of the, and when we pray, we get to participate in that. It's like getting to play with God. How big is If you see a child, you see their, their, their face light up when they start to understand how much a parent loves them or a grandparent cares about them. And magnify that by a billion, and that's what God's love for you Prayer is that playtime with God. Prayer is that moment of connecting with God. And so I want to challenge you through these next few weeks. And we want to take this slow and go through what prayer can be and, and, and be for you. Is that you would commit to praying. Maybe it's the first time and you're going, and this is how that prayer can look. God, I have no idea what I'm doing, but uh, Jared told me to talk to you, so I'm going to talk to you. And this is what my days are going by like. Can you help me? Really easy. Doesn't have to be fancy. No fancy words allowed. Right? You don't need any theological words. God still hears you. Let's commit to coming in contact with God. That's committing to sharing our heart with God. That our very being just, here it is, God. This is who I am. I think this could drastically change the way in which we, we live life and how we go about our day. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. God, we ask you to be with us and guide us in all that we are. God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts for whatever's happening. Through the hard times, through the trials, through the, the junk of life, that you would walk with us through each day, that you would be with us. God, I thank you for this season and what's going to happen. Lord, I pray that we can touch hundreds of kids' lives this Christmas season, that we can introduce them to the real meaning of Christmas, that you would prepare our hearts in our minds, that, that, that what we're going to do this Christmas is not about chores and not about have-tos and not about to-do lists, but about experiencing all that God is for us. 
experiencing the redemption of Christ in our lives. Lord, we love you and we praise your name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.